Good day, lovely listeners. Pamela R. Haynes here, and I hope that you're having a wonderful week thus far. So glad to hear that listeners are enjoying the podcast as much as I have enjoyed interviewing my guest. There are still a number of prizes outstanding, so do enter the competitions for your chance to win a copy of the guest author's books. What I love about the podcast is that I have the opportunity to interview authors who are writing in all different genres, including children's books, fiction, biographies, poetry, and so much more. In this week's episode, I interviewed self-published fantasy author S.E. Wilson and his beautifully illustrated book, Nephilim. Let's dive into his interview now. See you on the other side. Hello there, S.C. Wilson, and welcome to the Author to Author podcast. It's really nice to have you. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No problem at all. We've been talking for a little while on Instagram. It's really nice to finally meet you and to thank you for your gift, gifting us two copies of your book, The Nephilim. And I just want to say first off, the cover is absolutely exquisite. Thank you. Um, tell us about the cover and who designed it for you. The cover is a is a design by Maham Aziz. She's she's from Pakistan, from Islamabad, and she's basically been my my right hand woman throughout the this project. I first encountered her when I saw her do some beautiful artwork for she was drawing black women, and I just thought, who's this Pakistani woman in Islamabad drawing these beautiful black women? I was like, who is, who is this person? I need to get a hold of her. And and at the time, my book was actually still in progress because I've got a very strange writing process where I, I needed visuals and I needed to wrap up the backstory and everything before I could do the writing on it. So I asked her to basically do me a drawing the way that she did of the Black woman because I says, I could see one of my chapter openings having an illustration like that. We then got onto a project in the middle of writing my book where I needed to flush out the backstory properly. And I wanted to create some cards, some index cards, some postcards that would help me flush out the the complicated backstory. And she drew all of those and it looked absolutely amazing. In the middle of that, she says, have you got a book cover? And I was like, actually, I have a very, very strong idea of what I want my book cover to be like. And my idea always for my book cover had been to um, make it look like one of these old Victorian sort of grimoire type books. You know, like the old Victorian books, they have a lot of um, nature and things like that. And they're sort of framed with ornate framing and things like that. So I, I sent her like an anthology book cover as my inspiration. And I says, I want something like this. I says, but because my backstory is set in Barcelona, I says, it needs to have the symbolism of Barcelona, which I don't know if people know, but Barcelona is the city of dragons. I says, so it needs to have that symbolism in it. And I says, and it needs to have Ezekiel on it. And, um, and I says, and it needs to have the ornate framing. And I had the idea for the spine already in my head. But when she came back with it, it far exceeded what I was what I was imagining. 
Well, when I received the book and I've got a pile of them here and I put the book over to the side on the pile, my son took the book straight away. And um, he's a bit of an artist, um, you know, very right. good. And I've got the book back from him this evening. You know, so, you know, I'm going to need the book back now. But um, that, that's, you know, that, that goes to show you the detail and um, how tactile it feels as well. It's almost like, um, uh, like velvet, you know, the, the cover, very, very tactile. So it's a, it's, a, it's a win-win for him, really, in terms of the artistic and the illustrations that you have peppered throughout the book. And I know that you've taken your time in, you know, the very first pages to explain and to introduce us to all of these illustrators that you had running through the book. The other thing which I wanted to talk about was your name. I've been dealing with a sequel all the time um, on Instagram, but your name is actually S.E. Wilson. I wasn't sure whether you were a man or a woman because um, you just used your initials. So, um, you know, I'm surprised. So, so tell us about your name and, you know, and, and it, your, your heritage and where you're from. Well, Pam, yeah, I'm, my name is Sharon Ezekiel Wilson. That's how I was born. I, I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was raised in York, Pennsylvania. My dad is from is from a little place called Fawn Grove, Pennsylvania. My mom is from Cockeysville, Maryland. She grew up near the Temptations, down the street from them. <laughs> and um, oh, wow. yeah, and my mom's mom is part is, is black and part American Indian, black hawk. Her mom is black. Uh, her dad is black. My dad's black and half Filipino. My grandmother's Filipino. So I'm, I'm a bit of a mix of everything, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, that's surprising because I thought that I was talking to an, an author in the United Kingdom. I thought that you were based <laughs> here. But where in the yeah. world are you based now? I'm in Peterborough now. I'm in Peterborough. But I've, I've, lived, I've lived in England all my adult life. Born and raised in the States. I came over here at 23, married an English woman after I left the States um, when I was in the military. And I've, I've lived in Nottingham for most of my time. I've lived in Manchester for a few years. And now I'm in Peterborough. Actually, we so. drove through Peterborough um, on our way home from Wolverhampton um, last night. So, oh. yes, and I do have some good friends who live in Peterborough as well. So mm -hmm. you're based in the UK now, and mm -hmm. I'm delighted to read that your book, I looked it up today on Amazon, is about to be released on the 26th of October. How yes. do you feel? Tell us, tell us what the journey has been like to get to this point. Wow, it's been a really long journey, but um, th this year it's been really good for me. I've launched the book in different versions earlier this year, the ebook, which didn't really feel like the book for me, but you know, it's one of those things you have to get your book out in all the formats. I did a paperback version and I launched that with a big launch party back in August in Peterborough. And um, I didn't release the hardback first because I didn't think when I was setting it up with the distributors, I didn't think I would get the hardback finished for a summer release date at the time you know when you got to set these dates forward and, and that and that and set them in stone a lot of months ahead as a self-publisher so i didn't know that i didn't think i would get the hardback done in time so i thought let me at least get the paperback i know i can get the paperback done so i got that done and that was with the help of Mahamazis again beautiful illustrations in there 
the girl just knows how to read my head. One of the things I'm really curious, I've gotten some book criticisms and some feedback and things like that, but I'm really interested in the art side of the thing. Because when I was creating the book, I almost didn't feel like an author. I felt like I was a um, creative director. That's what I felt like. I felt like a creative director because I was creating the cards for the backstory. I was writing the book. I was coming up with these illustrations in my head, but I can't. I can't draw. I cannot draw anything. Like uh, I'm, I'm useless. But I had all these ideas of of sort of like fine art ideas, and the, and the art was really important to me. It was really important that. I changed the narrative of what art looked like for that subject area. It was super important for me. And I wanted a certain style for the paperback because I didn't want different paper for the actual illustrations. It was like one of my pet peeves when I see an illustrated book on the bookshelf and the paper for the artwork is in gloss and, 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 and orange silk paper and then the actual words are in the prose is in, is, is in that or whatever. So I, it was important for me that all the paper in the book was in the same paper stock. So, And, you know, that's one thing that I love about it so far is, is the attention to detail. And, you know, when I read the very first page, I was just really flattered, you know, say, you said, hello, this is my first ever book giveaway. And I'm so excited that it's going to a listener of Pamela Haynes' podcast. Um, it's my pleasure to support this and offer her listeners something different. Now that now that's really is paying attention to to detail, and you're the first to have that. You know, to send me a book in that condition, an advanced reader copy with that inscription in the front. So it's going to go to somebody very special. I know the book has taken you almost twenty years in terms of um, the 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 making of it. And tell us about the stories that you used to tell your son when he was little at bedtime. Oh God! Oh God! Well, gosh, I don't even think I can remember them all. The um, in fact, one of the stories that I used to tell him at bedtime, you know, it was like spooky bedtime stories. But one one of the stories actually, I'm kind of using it for the sequel. I don't want to call it the sequel to the book. It's not a sequel. The next book. Yeah, I'm kind of using it in a, in a way. So I don't want to give too much away. But the the original idea of the book in its original format it was very much fairy tale based it was high fantasy it was it, it, it was like fairy tales it was very much fairy tales and then i actually started to write about five chapters into that way back in the early 2000s and they were all based on sort of like folk tales i was making these little folk tales little simple folk tales and i would be telling ashley my son these little folk tale stories and one of them developed into the witch and the egg, which I don't want to give anything away, but that's one of those the, the central tenets of what's happening in the book. And it all sort of evolved around there, just making sort of like um, Native American style folk tales, if you will. It was like around that kind of storytelling. And it was just me trying to develop how to write fairy tales, how to write folk tale type things. And then, so yeah, I, I, your children are adults now. What do they make of your book? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I think they're just, they're just glad I got it done. <laughs> they're just glad I got it done. You know, 
you you know how it is. You go from that person who's saying they're writing the book, yeah, uh, and then yes. and then I was that person that's writing the book for like twenty years, wasn't I? To all of a sudden, the person that's like, I've done it, actually done it. Hey, look, it's finished, it's done. And they're like, what, really? Yeah. Honest, it's like, honest to God, it's done. It was more like about time, really. I was like, you're glad. Fantastic. Once they've seen, they seen the actual finished product, and like you say, once they understood the, the detail that I put in it, then they were like, wow, okay, now we understand why it took so long. That's, that's wonderful. But touching, going back a little bit, you did mention that there is um, more than one book. Is it a trilogy? Is it a series? Yeah, How would you it's describe it? It's definitely a series. It's not a trilogy. I've got three other books in my head. I'm actually start. I'm actually working on the second one right now, and I've actually got the titles for the next two books. And I kind of already know what the fourth book it's going to do in my head, though I haven't titled it. But the, the next two books are definitely like I know what's going on. I'm, I'm actually in what I call pre-production with my second book right now. I'm doing all the research. I'm at the point where I'm layering the narrative. I'm building layers to it and meaning and social political sort of ideologies and and you know, verses and and social commentary. I'm building all that kind of all that will world building stuff that makes it feel lived in. So I'm doing that and because I'm a very visual type of person, I've already built a visual palette already, an art palette as well. So I've got a separate document where I already know what the artwork is going to be like. I've got a theme, I know what I'm doing. The art really informs the feeling of how I want the chapter to be and everything like that. But it's not just art, is it? You know, you get a sense that there is music that's running through the, the book. You're being shaped by different, your story's being shaped by different influences, not just art, but music as well. And I'm sure you, yeah. it, right at the beginning, there's a dedication. Is it the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Or did yes. I read that wrong? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So does music then also feature throughout the whole series as well? It does. Yeah, it does. Music has been massively important to how I tell my narrative, to how I tell the story for the feelings that I wanted for each chapter. For an example, the second chapter in the book is called Sun is Shining, and that's from Bob Marley. Like, I literally, for years Pamela because it took me years to write that, that chapter for years I would wake up in the morning and the very first thing that would come into my head is sun is shining you know the, that was the first thing that would come into and I would and I would live as Hiena and be making my way off the ferry into Formentera that was the first thing for years and years and years I could never imagine my book without sun is shining I could never imagine it without it. There's another chapter in my book that's called Yasmina, um, Psalm of Lament, Yasmina. Though you probably wouldn't be able to tell from the chapter if if you read it, but that was my version of Lisa Statsfield's All Woman. That song just haunted me. It was just like, I need to make like a, a prose of a chapter 
about a woman who feels like that song and that 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 got me there was another chapter as well called twice remembered once lit or is it twice remembered once lived or it might have been i think it might have been that one where uh janet jackson's um the body that loves you just I, I, i couldn't get that out of my head while doing while doing that chapter. but it sounds as though your music taste is, is quite uh, eclectic but um, if you had to lean towards one persuasion or another, which one would it be? It doesn't really work like that for me. I use music as a tool. I don't, I don't have a, when I'm using it for writing, for writing, it, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's a tool. It's a means to an end. And, and, and it doesn't matter where it comes from. Like um, for me, the characters themselves also had a song. In the main sort of like the main character in question that people who people believe to be enough of them, his was the, the Dark Necessities from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So every character has a song, and it doesn't matter what genre, and it doesn't matter what era. That it's the, that was the song that came to me for that. That was that person that embodied that character, and it didn't matter where it came from. I really like that because if I'm writing um, a particular scene that um, has music in it, I will actually play that song while I'm writing to get mm. myself into that particular space and that particular mood. And I love the idea that each character has their theme tune, you know, that, that accompanies them as well. So, yeah. and, and I love the idea that you're not pigeonholing those characters into particular genres of music either. It's that song that fits them. So you use that song. Yeah. But tell me what your experience was like working with your publishers. How did they find you? How did you find them? And what was the writing journey like? Well, I've, I've self-published this book. Um, it's it's my own imprint. Pershing is is me. It, it's my fantastic. It's my yeah, Pershing is my imprint. It is me, and it's actually the name of the street that I grew up on, back, back in Pennsylvania, back in York. So yeah, I don't have any sort of direct contact with like real publishers it was always been my plan to self-publish it i never wanted it to go to a major publisher or try to pitch it to a literary agent yeah it was it was a process that i wanted to learn how to do it i wanted to, i was curious to know how it all was done it was because it was all a brand new world to me i had a friend a high school friend of mine who um we all went through high school together we all went straight into the military together all fought all over it and, and the gulf war and then when we left we all left sort of the navy at the same time i moved to england a couple of them took their their, their lump sum of you know danger money and did other things i took my lump sum and came to england but i had a friend of mine that took his lump sum and he wrote a series of books and published them and I was just like, whoa. I was like, that's amazing. Like, wow. And I was just getting on with life, whatever. But I always remembered that, that he did that. And he managed to do that. And I was like, okay. And I was like, you know, like you probably know enough Americans to know that we grew up with this idea of the great American novel, that everybody has a novel inside them. That that that's how that's how you're brought up in the States. 
And uh, so I was like, you know, so he's he's wrote his story. And I was like, I I've got a story to tell. I didn't have no idea how to do it. And I says, but if I do it, I want to do it like the way he did it. I want to do it myself and, and try that process. And then it was just a matter of learning the journey on how to do it, both how to write the book and about the self-publishing process as well. Yes, that's right. So, so you've been an, an author, a publisher, now I'm uh, into marketing and all the other aspects of it. You know, it's all down to you. You'll, you'll become an expert in all of those different fields as well, especially by the time that you publish your second book. Um, yeah. But when you're not writing, when you're not publishing and when you're not marketing your book, what is it that you do? How do you spend your downtime? Yeah, I'm a sports maniac. <laughs> I'm a sports maniac. I love I love my sport. I love American football. I'm a ba I'm a basketball coach. Um, I'm a, you know my, my day job is a secondary school teacher. Um, I teach media studies, and and I'm a bachelor and, and I'm a basketball coach. I'll, I'll be tomorrow night. I'll be I'll be coaching the kids, trying to win another championship. That's what we do. <laughs> Oh wow! Every year, that's what we do in Peterborough. Uh, so yeah, so the, the, that, that's the, yeah, the, that, that's how I spend that's how I spend my downtime. I love basketball. I'm old now, though. I can't move how I can used to do on the court. Sadly, uh, I don't try to compete with the kids on the court anymore. But I love the game. I, I love the game. I love I love I love American football. I love I love um, English football as well. You know, I'm a, I'm a diehard Manchester United fan after living in Manchester. I only used to live about two or three blocks away from Old Trafford when I lived in Manchester. So I was I was well indoctrinated. <laughs> well, someone's got to support them. So so there you go. So there you go. They didn't do too well at the weekend, if I recall. They got slaughtered. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're picking up, you know, some of the English sports as well, you know, like, you know, like, like football and so yeah. on. And basketball has taken off incredibly here in the UK. We've been to the stadium to see the London Lions play oh, yeah. and they have a lot of American basketball players playing in their teams as well so um, it's yeah. good to see the youngsters picking up on it my my youngest is also a basketball player got the height so um, oh, good. Uh, at six oh. foot he's only 15 but yeah he's um, wow, yeah, he's into like basketball as well mm. yeah, that's like in terms I'm... of literature what age group would you say your book is, is I, for? I, I... I think it's aimed at, at, at adults. I think it's an adult book. Um, the characters, the main characters are 20-somethings and older. I think it's definitely, yeah, I think it's definitely an adult, young, you know, young, I don't know, if it's, would it be YA? Because that's, is that 16, 18 plus? Yeah, so I, I think it's definitely around that, that category. One of the things that I was, I really wanted to do was to make fiction that was like what happens when you are a teenager or a young teenager and what do you graduate to after that and it seems like there are books but there aren't many books or many series that are aimed at that type of you know that type of reader for that age group i know it's probably more niche that age group is definitely maybe not the huge markets it's marginalized but I wanted a, an adult story for adults, 
the, who enjoy, you know what I mean? Like what, what are they graduating on to next? So you've yeah. had a book launch in the summer for your book. Um, what other types of activities do you have plans for um, getting your book out there and letting everybody know about it? Yeah, so I've got book tours that are happening. In fact, October is kind of a, a, a very busy month for me, actually. I've got a couple of podcasts. I've got an IG Live that's happening. I've got a love book tours. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've got plans for an indie bookish box happening. I think it's probably too late for this year. So it's, it might be the beginning of next year. Um, the indie bookish box, I've got two of them that I've lined up for that. I've also got another product launch. I'm not done yet, but launching the cards that I was telling you about for the backstory. Yeah. Um, I actually got those all created and printed. And I'm thinking about publishing a um, a sort of like little box gift set um, from the cards. And these are all sort of like velvet touch cards as well. And you can see on the back. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So I'm thinking about doing them as well, publishing that. And um, been, um, in fact, I've just been talking to Maham just because everything starts with her with artwork. <laughs> I've been talking to Maham. So I, I mean, I've been saying to her, I've had this thing in my head about doing a graphic novel because one of the formats that the story, the Nephilim started out as, was as a graphic novel. But of course, I can't draw. So it started off as a graphic novel, and and then I abandoned that idea, and I thought, no, I've got a literary idea. There's literary things that I want to try to do, but the graphic novel thing is still in my head, and it won't go away. I've gotten ideas. And so I was thinking that the backstory can be created as a graphic novel or as a it might be a format that I might invent myself, actually. A bit of a like a like a coffee top lookbook that's got graphic novel element to it. So I think that is gonna be my immediate next project um, to launch. Well, okay. If people want to follow your journey, if they want to know when you're launching your products and they want to pre-order a copy of your debut novel, how would they um, get in touch with you? Well, I've got a website, which is www.ezequel.com. I have an Instagram, which is at Ezequiel Official. I have a Twitter, at Ezequiel Official. I have a YouTube, at Ezequiel Official. And I also have a Facebook page. Yeah, I've got a Facebook page as well, which is Ezequiel Official as well. Right. So there's a number of avenues that people can, you know, get yeah. hold of you and to get hold of um, not just this yeah. books, but the ones that you have in the pipeline as well. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah. S.E. Wilson, thank mm -hmm. you very much for joining me on the Author to Author podcast. Please promise me that you'll come back as and when you release your other books as well. It would be really nice to have a catch up with you on how oh. your other books are, for, are doing. So uh, once again, I wish you every success with them. Right, cheers. Thank you, thank, thank you, Pamela. Thank you, really appreciate it. Thank you, it's been lovely meeting you. I hope you enjoyed listening to Essie Wilson talking about his book, Nephilim. It is competition time now. What is the name of the illustrator of Nephilim? 
to enter the competition, DM me on Instagram at lovingtheauthor and leave me the correct answer by this Friday for your chance to win a copy of his book. Good luck and have a safe week ahead. Bye for now.